I've been talking to you about how to make 2018 this year of turnaround for you. Maybe 2017 was stressful and you were stressed. I want 2018, I want you to be blessed. And we've been talking about the basics of what it takes to lay the foundation for all that God wants to do in your life. I want to talk to you this morning, just a few minutes, about the basics of blessing. So if you'll pull out your sermon notes with me, we're going to look at this. And then I'm going to have something specific for you to do that's going to be fun, amazing, get things started. At the end of the service, uh, we'll do this together because I said, I told you, we're going to do this together. And we've been having things that we can do together at the end of each and every service in this series. And I'm excited about that. In the Bible, the word for blessing in that original language, Greek of the New Testament, is makarios. Makarios also was what they used to call the island of Cyprus in ancient times. That island out in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. Now the reason why they called it Makarios was because it was a self-sustaining island. You know, kind of like the island that Moana was on. You know, where they said we get everything we need right here. You know, from the island. And, and, and everything that was needed was there. Everything that was needed to sustain abundant life was right there. They didn't have to ship it in or do anything. And that became the word for blessing. It meant everything needed for abundant life. And God says all through the scripture that he wants to bless us. And it's an amazing thing that he does. Now, he doesn't bless us based upon us. He blesses us because of who he is. But there are some things that we can do that open the channels for that. Maybe you're in a tough spot right now. And maybe it's of your own making. That Even that doesn't stop God's blessing. Some of you say, well, I'm here because of my stupidity and... You know, there's no way God's going to bless me. No, he still wants to bless you if you get in the place of blessing. So let's look at how to do that. God says, I want to bless your life. Pull out your sermon notes. I want you to fill in a few blanks because this will help you remember. God blesses me because, first of all, God enjoys doing it, the Bible says. God loves to bless us. I will enjoy Blessing them with all my heart and soul, I will faithfully plant them in this land. God loves to do good things for his little sons and daughters. And I love that about God. I was talking to Blake Jackson, uh, one of our musicians, one of our singers in the band, and he was telling me, you know, he's got three kids, like five and under, and he was saying, Mark, how did you survive this time in your life? How did you do this, you know, and, and, and how did you keep your marriage, you know, really good and strong during that time? And I told him just from the bottom of my heart, just this great advice. I said, Blake, I would love to tell you, but it's a blur. I can't even remember. Because it does, it just is so much energy, right? And so, but one thing that kids do is they make Christmas amazing again, don't they? You know, when you were a kid, Christmas was so amazing. And then as you grew older, you know, it was like, yeah, yeah. Then you have your own kids, and it's crazy again, isn't it? It's like you just can't wait for Christmas. You can't wait to bless them. You can't wait and, and maybe overindulge them even a little bit, you know. That's what God loves to do for us. 
He's a great father that loves us with all of his heart. He also wants to show the world how good he is. He likes to show off a little bit with his kids. The Bible says, how great is the goodness you've stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. He wants to bless us. He wants the world to see it. But some of you are going like, but I'm not being blessed. There's something sometimes that, that can stop us from being blessed. But let's look at this next part. I'm blessed because I obey. Because I obey. See, there's God's side and there's my side. The promise and blessings of God come with a premise. There's 7,000 promises in the Bible. And almost every one of them come with a premise. He says, I want to do this. You open the door to that if you do this. And so there's our part of it. It's not automatic. In fact, the truth is, you're not waiting on God. Some of you are going like, I'm just waiting on God to bless me. God's waiting on you. To get yourself in a position to be blessed. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Let me just give you one uh, scripture verse on that. Deuteronomy 28, 2 through 8. It says, you will experience all these blessings. And then there's a little word, if you obey the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in your towns and in the country. You'll be blessed with many children and productive fields. You'll be blessed with fertile herds and flocks. You'll be blessed with baskets overflowing with fruit, with kneading bowls filled with bread. You'll be blessed wherever you go, both in coming and in going. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. And the Lord will bless everything you do and fill your storehouses with grain. That's God's promise to a nation if that nation obeys his precepts and his principles and his commands. I want you to see something else about blessing, though. Sometimes God blesses me because I experience God through heartache. And that'll speak to some of us this year. Maybe it's been a really, really tough year. Job in the scriptures, he's, a, he's one of the men that's one of my heroes because he came to this point in life where he really lost everything. He lost his health. He lost his family. He, he, he lost his finances. He lost about everything that you could lose and then he speaks this word of faith that is probably one of the deepest words of faith in all of scripture. He says about God, because his wife says, Job, God has abandoned you. Just curse God and die. She was a, a good helper there for him, you know. And he said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. And it says this about Job. Job says, through all this heartache, I'd only heard about you before, God, but now I've seen you with my own eyes. And then it says in Job 42, verse 12, the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the first half of his life. So God can bless us even in the midst of sorrow. See, sometimes blessing doesn't look like what we think it's going to look like. I, I read this week about a soldier uh, who had been captured in Vietnam and he was taken to that infamous Hanoi Hilton. And he said they, th he was a believer and he trusted God and, 
he asked God to get him out of there. He said every day they would bring, one time a day they would bring some broth. They called it a bowl of soup, but there was never any vegetables in it or meat or anything. It was just like weak, yellowish looking water. And that was all they had to eat. And he knew he was going to starve to death. But he said, every day I would just pray like I did as a little child. God bless this food to the nourishment of my body. God bless this food and, and let it keep me strong. And he said, I was there for seven years. I should have starved to death in three or four months. But God did something with that broth and kept me alive. And he said, the deep things I learned there about God and about myself were invaluable to me. I'd never give them up. God didn't release him, but he sustained him. God's blessings are there for us. One last thing. Sometimes God blesses us because of the obedience of those who have gone before me. God blesses us because of the obedience of those who've gone before me. Blessings can be multi-generational. This building that you're in is a blessing to you, and many of you were a part of giving to build it but others of you have come since then and it's just a blessing because of what the obedience of other people it happens a lot in a family there's so many promises about a righteous person living for God and their children and grandchildren being blessed by God now one of the things that I see in that is that when you see that it's real and you see that your parents are like walking with God and, and they're serious about it and they're praying and God's answering. I watched that with my parents. My parents weren't perfect, but they were real and they loved God with all their heart and they would pray and I would see God answer. Every time there was an issue or a problem, they would come to God in prayer and they included us as kids in that. In their giving, they included us as kids as part of that. In their life decisions, they asked us as we got a little older to pray with them about should we move here or do this or do that. And I watched how serious, I knew by the age of just six or seven that I would be a fool to reject this God who was so real because I saw him being real in my parents' life. That's part of the blessing. Genesis 25, 11 says, after Abraham's death, God poured out rich blessings on Isaac, Abraham's son. And we can see that move down the line. And it's such an important thing to remember. Well, how do I put myself in a position to be blessed? That's what I want to talk about this morning. And so I pulled out some of the, the great scriptures, the important scriptures of how God blesses us. Now, there are many, many more, but these just seem to always stand out to me. So let's look at that because that's what I want 2018 to be the year of blessing for you. So look at this. God blesses me when, number one, I spend time daily with him. I spend time daily with him. That's the first qualification. If I meet with him daily, if I have a date with God daily, maybe only five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but you get alone with God and you're quiet you read a little bit of his scripture, maybe a psalm or a, a proverb. There's 31 proverbs. It's really cool for a while to just read a proverb a day through the month and then start over again the next month. One chapter each day from the wisest man who ever lived, writing God principles. 
and it can change you. And some of us, we love to do that in the morning. Get up in the morning and right away, you know, we want to spend our time with God and it changes the whole day if you do that. Some of you aren't morning people. You wake up, but you're not awake, you know, and I, some of my staff is like that. You meet them in the morning and you can just tell they're like zombies, you know, it's like they're not awake yet. Somebody asked one lady, do you wake up grouchy in the morning? And she said, no, usually I just let him sleep. Well, that might be you, right? Then I don't suggest that you have your time in the morning where you're like angry at God because you're awake, right? Have it at night. That's fine. It, it's just whenever is right for you. Some of you, it'll be at noontime, taking a little break and getting alone with God, even at work. But... Look what the Bible says. It says, blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. Spend some time with me. Some of you, you say, I don't even like to read. I never read. I've got something for you to do. My dad, Dr. Damon Shook, has a daily little devotional that he does on our website. If you go to cof.tv and under resources, you'll find it there. And, and it's so enlightening. It's so amazing. In fact, hundreds of you use it all the time. But just listen to that. He'll go through a book of the Bible. And with his 55 plus years of, of ministry and the insight and the wisdom that he's got, those are life-changing things. And you can just dwell on that. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord. The second thing we've got to do is I study and live out his word. Not just meet with him daily. But really get into it. And live it out. I think that's one of our big issues in America today. You know we want to come to church. Because we want to get this kind of like. Hit for the week. And get a little emotional. And, and get excited. Somebody told me not too long ago. They said I watched your brother on TV. And now I'm here to hear you. It's a double dose of shook. I was like, that is an overdose, man, you know. That's, that's a lot of shook. I think that what's more important is that we live out the principles that we're talking about. I'm giving you a few today that you can go home and begin to live out in this moment. And that's what makes the difference. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree Planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. And whatever they do, prospers. Wouldn't that be cool? Whatever you do, prospers. What does it mean to meditate? I know some of you, you know, you're, you, you've kind of thought about it, and you think it's some kind of this Eastern mysticism kind of thing where you got to get your hands just right and you know you look at your navel and you you can do that that's meditation but that's not what this is talking about it's talking about something that's really interesting if you look up in a thesaurus meditate you'll usually find the word ruminate because they mean pretty much the same thing you might not know what ruminate means but if you're a, a farmer in Waller or a uh, a rancher, you know, you might know because cows do that all the time. That's what we call it chewing the cud. It's ruminating. What they do is a cow will eat some grass 
and they'll chew on it for a while. And, and, and then they drop it down into one of their several stomachs. They have several stomachs. Man, that would be great for Thanksgiving, wouldn't it? And they just, they leave it down there and, you know, the acids and all the stuff work on it. Then they burp it back up and it's got a whole new flavor. And so they chew that for a while and they'll drop it back down and burp it back up. And that sounds exciting, doesn't it? That's kind of what you do at Thanksgiving, a little bit. But here's the thing. <laughs> Wait, ate way too much. There it is again, you know. But that's what we're to do with God's word. God's word is, is to, to think about it. Like, let's say you listen to, to Damon Shook and he gives you that word out of Philippians or whatever. And you listen to that, but then you begin to think about it. And then you kind of put it in the back of your mind for a while and let it just settle. Then you bring it back out and think about it some more. That's what it's talking about. When you do that on God's principles, you prosper. It's so interesting. James tells us in his book in chapter 1, verse 25, the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Again, blessing. You look intently. That's called study. Not forgetting. You know what that means? You remember it, right? And... and I, that's why I usually give you notes so that you can fill out something because we forget 95% of what we hear within 72 hours. Did you know that? That's why you can never remember, guys, what your wife asks you to do at the grocery store, right? 95% we forget. And, and I preached two weeks ago. Bertie uh, preached last week, but I was trying to, what did I preach on two weeks ago? I can't even remember, and I preached it three times. We forget, right? So when you write things down, the shortest pencil is better than the longest memory. You've got it there. But also even the act of writing causes you to remember it uh, quite a few percentage points higher than you would have otherwise. So you remember it. The Bible says, then you do it. And that's the deepest form of learning. That's why I love community of faith, because we don't just sit and hear. We get out and do. And some of you are growing at, a, at just an exponential rate in your Christian life because I'll give you a couple of things to do, and you go right out and do it. Community of faith is the deepest church around because we're the doers of the word. And that's what the Bible asks us to do. I think it's a big problem in America. I think a lot of people here things and they they don't do it I was counseling a woman some years ago it just stuck out to me as I was thinking about this she was having an affair with a married man and I told her I said I I just need you to know that the Bible says that's called adultery and that it says the wages of sin it calls it a sin and the wages of sin is always death I said I can't explain everything to you about it, but I can tell you there's death in this somewhere. And she said, well, it feels like, like life. It feels good. It, 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 how can it be wrong when it feels so right, which isn't a verse from Scripture. But, <laughs> and I said, I, I can't explain that to you, but I, I can tell you that what the Bible says, there's going to be death in it. 
She never came back. She never broke it off as far as I know. I'm sure she has by now. But I know that there was death in it. Maybe it was just death of the relationship with the man that God was trying to bring to her. But she was involved with this other guy and missed it. I don't know. But I know that God's word is always true. And he gives it to us because he loves us. And he sets parameters for us because he wants to keep the death out of our life. And he knows what that looks like. So it's so important that we follow hard after God and do what he says. Not just hear it, but do it. This next one that I'm going to share with you. I was always, for so many years in my ministry, I was hesitant to share it. Because I didn't want to be like equated with those tele-evangelists, you know. Those pastors on television that are always, you know, asking for something or doing something like that. Not kept my brother's on television, and he's great. So he might be watching this. I just need to make sure. <laughs> but here's the next one. This is a big one. This is one of the biggest promises. Tithe. T-I-T-H-E. And as soon as I say something about money, I always watch people go, <laughs> you know. But let me just tell you what God says about that. What is a tithe? It's 10%. Of what you earn coming back to God and to his church. The first 10%. And I don't know why he asked for 10%. I don't know why he said didn't say 1% or why he didn't say 90%. But the book of Deuteronomy says give me the tithe because it proves that I'm your God. It's just a reminder every month or every week or however often that you get paid. That God is number one in your life. But listen to this verse. In Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. What's the storehouse? I, I think it's wherever you worship. You know, you're, it's not, if you give to the United Way, that's not a tithe. That's a nice gift. You give a tithe to God's church and his kingdom. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then he says this crazy thing. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. And that's the kind of blessing that I want on your life in 2018. Can you imagine having to say to God, God, I don't have any more room for blessing. Please stop blessing me for a while. That's what it's saying. It's saying, it's like, hold up, God. Woo! Oh, you're killing me with all this blessing. Doesn't that sound pretty good? And that's the promise. I've, there's no promise like that about anything else. Some of you, you had your house flooded in Hurricane Harvey, but it wasn't flooded by the hurricane itself. It was flooded when those levees were too full and they had to open the floodgates. And your house had just a little bit of water or maybe you had escaped it. And then all of a sudden within moments, the whole bottom floor to the ceilings full of water. That's floodgate. That's what it says. It says I'm going to open the floodgates of heaven. Think of it in a good way. I'm going to open blessing and just flood that out in, a, in the most insane, crazy way that you can't even have room enough for it. And he says, test me. That's the only time God ever says, test me. Because, you know, should we test God? Yeah, that's what it says. In seminary, getting my master's degree, 
uh, I had to study all of these proofs for the existence of God, like the cosmological proof and the teleological proof and the ontological proof. Don't even worry about it. It's, it's you know, all these philosophical proofs for God's existence. But you know what God says? He says, there's only one way that I tell you to prove my existence. Tithe. Test me. Prove me, some of the versions say. Show, let me show you that I'm God, and here's how you're going to know. You don't need some philosophical proof. If you tithe, you'll know. Now, that's pretty amazing to me. It's kind of like God's dare. Laura and I, we've been tithing since we got married. The first couple of years, we didn't do so good in that. And I can just tell you what, I mean, it seemed like we never had enough money at the end of the month. And all kinds of crazy stuff happened. I mean, my car actually even caught on fire. It wasn't a good car. But I remember, you know, I lived in Pasadena, and I pull up in the driveway, and there's smoke coming out. I open the hood, and it's like flames coming up. And, and, and I, I'm not very handy with stuff like that, so I ran inside and filled up a cup of water, which is not really going to help a lot, right? I ran back out, and my neighbor, who was, had his fire extinguisher, and he's putting it out, and I had my water, and I just went... Wow, our car was on fire. Because I didn't want to think I was an idiot, you know. And he goes, yeah, you didn't know it. I said, amazing. (laughs) I'm telling you what, it's like there's some kind of like supernatural protection from God when you start tithing that changes a lot of that kind of stuff. And I don't understand it all, but it was amazing. And we've seen it ever since. And, And we've tried to keep raising it. Beyond from 10% to 11 to 12 to 13 to 14. And we've just seen the blessings of God pour out on us. You can't tell me that God's not real because we've seen it over and over and over. And you just can't outgive God. He's like, play this game with me and test me in this. We're in uh, December in just a few weeks. We have our big giving day for all that we're going to do around the globe. In fact, you'll be getting a little card. And the back of the card looks like this. Let me just show it to you. There it is. And go down to the I'm in commitment. Let me explain this to you. What we do when we say I'm in at Community of Faith, we pray about giving a one-time gift. Your kids are doing this. They've got little buckets. And I'm so, it's so exciting to see them involved. And they'll dig all the change out of your couch, you know. And be careful what they find. One time, we even got a, some kind of a little token from a strip club in one of those. You know, I'm not going to say whose kid gave that. but And, and we didn't use it. We, we just kept it. All right, by the way. But one-time gift, okay, and you put that in the blank. And then it says your regular tithe. That's that 10%. And then it goes on down to say offerings, which is above the tithe. And all to do all the things that we want to do. And then you add it all up. And it tells you how to add it up there. And, and put that down there. Some of you, you haven't been tithing. And maybe all you need to do is just put the tithe in the blank. If you don't put anything else but you put your tithe in the blank. I'm going to know to pray for you. Because this is going to be a first time thing for you. And I want to challenge you to do that in 2018. Because I want you to be blessed beyond anything that you can imagine. I want you to open the floodgates, to be a channel. See, God's looking for channels to his kingdom. And when you make a difference at Miracle Farm, 
that we looked at in the lives of those kids. When you make a difference in Burundi. When you make it, everything we do here at Community of Faith is on purpose. Even the coffee that you drink, it, it, it's on purpose. The, the donuts, you know, we used to have free donuts. And some of you that have been here for a long time, uh, a lot of my friends, they, they gauge everything at Community, community of Faith. It's kind of like B.C. and A.D. It was like before donuts cost us something and after donuts cost us something. But it got to where we were spending $100,000 on donuts. And we were the fastest growing church in pure poundage in the United States. <laughs> that was our one big one. We got hit number one. But I, I told everybody, I said, we can either support an orphanage that we want to support or have free donuts. And they're like, oh, that's a dirty trick, you know? <laughs> Let me show you the last one. And then we're going to do something with this last one. Are you ready? The last one is, I help those less fortunate and those who are struggling. It's to be a channel. Listen to what Psalm 41, 1 and 2 says. God blesses those who are kind to the poor and the helpless. He helps them out of their own troubles. Did you hear that? He helps them out of their own troubles. He protects them and keeps them alive. He publicly honors them and destroys the power of their enemies. That's really a powerful verse. I'm going to ask Laura to come up because... I want her to share with you the plan that is going to be so amazing this afternoon that you get to do as you're DVRing the Texan and you're going to see exactly what we're going to do together and it's going to make huge impact. We've been asking you every week to go out and do a specific task oriented to the message that God has I mean, that God, wow, that Mark has preached <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> I love this woman. <laughs> that God has given to Mark to preach on the weekend. Um, and today, it's just that, to go out and help those that are less fortunate to, uh, than us. On the way out today, you're going to be given one of these reusable grocery bags for your family and the idea is that you would go from here to the grocery store to H-E-B, Kroger, wherever it is you shop, Walmart, and fill this bag and bring it back to Community of Faith this afternoon and those things that are collected are going to be given to Boys and Girls Country, to Mission of Yahweh, to Warm, to restock their pantries and help those what is less warm? fortunate than us. That's the Waller Area Rest Restoration Ministries. Okay. I may be saying that wrong. Um, Inside the bag, you'll find a list. These are the things, food items and other items that we're looking for you to fill in the bag. You don't have to buy all of them, but buy the ones that you want to from this list and put it in your bag. Bring it back to Community of Faith. We'll be here from 11 o'clock to 5 o'clock today to collect your items. Um, if you're in a hurry, you can just drop your bag off out front and go. If you want to keep your bag, you need to come inside to the multipurpose room, the, our old worship room, drop it off, and you can take your bag with you. This is a great chance for you to do this with your kids' parents, too. Let them go with you. I know it takes five times as long. I know that. <laughs> but that's one of the things as parents that we get to do is we get to be with our kids. And we get to mentor them as they see these things. That's why I love the little buckets. As you encourage them, go do little extra jobs. Sell lemonade, whatever. You know, dig the change out of the, out of the couch. Whatever you need to do. Because you're going to do that. This is a chance for you to do that with them. I want this afternoon for H-E-B and Kroger and the places around here 
I want people there that are there going like, did I miss the hurricane warning? What, what happened? Why is this? What is going on here? And you're going to see a lot of people with these bags today and give them high fives and greet them. But did you see the promise there as we do this? This is so simple, but we can do this. We can do this together. And they're going to pretty much force a bag on you on the way out, okay? So I want, because we're determined that you get this blessing, I want this just to be the start of it. I know this is small and simple. But you see that, that last verse there, it says, you're blessed if you do this. You're blessed if you do it. Not if you know it, but if you do it. And it's good to get started just with this.